Hello there, nerds, and welcome to Crit Chat, where a group of DMs get together every single week and talk about the important things in life, like how to do the bare minimum. This week we have Alfred Clark. <laughs> nice. I, I, like, I liked it. And Emily Kuklinski. I played Kingdom Hearts and finished it. <laughs> the third one. <laughs> and the second. And the first. And some of the Game Boy games. We have Caillou. Hi, I'm Peter. And me. As your host, Ismay Hutton. Uh, so yeah, this week we are talking about D&D. And Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> and Kingdom Hearts! But in a, in a surprise twist of events, uh, this week uh, D&D is, stands for, of course, downfalls and drawbacks of Dungeons and Dragons. It, it fell apart a little bit at the end, but it was good while it lasted. <laughs> oh, God. Because that'd be so, yeah. D&D, D&D. Yeah, D&D of D&D. Dumb and Dumber, dude. I'm just trying to think of more D. I like how you very swiftly managed to avoid saying more D words. I fixed it post. 100% will not. I will. I'll give you just some D words Dunder Mifflin, Dumbbutt, Dingus, Dusseldorf. That's a good one. That has da da. I love those uh, aren't, aren't English words. We did say English words. We just said words. Yeah, just yeah. words. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dwell. Uh, this cannot be the episode. <laughs> <laughs> we need to stop now. The joke is not funny anymore. <laughs> it wasn't funny in the first place. <laughs> so I started it. I haven't gotten any sleep. I've also just come back from work and I was just kind of sat here like zoned out <laughs> listening to you guys just kind of say words so i was like hmm, hmm. is that what we are now is this a new podcast i'm cool with it whatever let's transition over to sleepy just, like, time yeah and like just us like i don't know if it's asmr because we're not doing it in a soothing way it's just us like uh dame just uh, i don't know <laughs> just chaotic sleepy energy is it's all of chaotic- <gasps> yeah i love chaotic sleepy energy is uh my pokemon type <laughs> <Or> just a lot <laughs> chaotic sleepy Sleepy alignment. Chaotic sleepy alignment is a lot better and a lot more on brand. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Your Pokemon is drowsy. <laughs> Doug Trio. <laughs> Another one. I don't remember any others. God That's damn it. it. Those are the only Pokemon. Those are the only ones that begin with G? Fuck. Wow. I like the idea of an entire Pokemon game that's like, it's a choose your own adventure, but audio only. Oh my god. I don't have time, but I'll make it. Fuck like it. That, uh, <laughs> like that, like Skyrim for Alexa or whatever it was. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? So we're downfalls of D&D. The downfall of D&D is that we play it and you might end up <laughs> playing with one of us idiots, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we got we got a couple of things that we wanted to talk about with it. Let's start from basics, I think. We've been mm. over this many a time, uh, but it bears repeating. Making uh, characters in D&D is the least fun thing in the world and is a bad precursor to what is the <laughs> most fun game in the world. I don't think that I've ever either... Like, I enjoy coming up with character concepts. I don't think I've ever enjoyed making a D&D, like, character. <laughs> Yeah, I've 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 sometimes enjoyed the fact that I managed to get through it pretty quickly. Mm. Um, 
but <laughs> the feeling when it's done, good feeling. <laughs> yeah. I'm not blind to that much, but really, no. Oh, it's just so much, and you have to like look through so many things. And I think my main problem is it's the first kind of touchstone when you're trying to introduce new people to D and D because you're like, oh, look at this cool character you can make. No, you can't make it like that. No, sit here and look at the spell list. You do get some spells, but not other spells. Or you get all spells, but only sometimes do you get all spells. It's oh. bad. <laughs> oh, spells. Oh, God, that was a natural yawn that happened because I was thinking about spell lists. <laughs> one thing, uh, one of the things oh. that makes it easy for me is I use a um, an automatic uh, character sheet generator. D&D Beyond is one of them. Oh, yeah. The other one I use is there's a PDF. It's called uh, More Purple, More Better, and it's more better than the D&D Beyond one. <laughs> uh, okay, I don't know what it is, but I like D&D Beyond. D&D Beyond, like, this, like, I, I, I like, I like the idea of this episode because, like, it feels like it might, it could possibly be, like, a heavily negative episode, but I don't want it to be like that because I'm your positivity boy. I'm your sweet, sweet angel positivity boy. So I'm, I'm feeling like we'll, we'll talk about the drawbacks, but we're also like, oh, but this is how it do better. My main and only one for how to make character creation better is do a D&D Beyond, because <laughs> otherwise yeah. it's ours and I hate it. Man, I- I'm taking the fact that D&D Beyond hasn't sponsored us as a personal slight <laughs> at this point. I mean, come on. We are beyond it's a no-brainer. sad. It does feel like at this point, Wizards of the Coast, I mean, come on, hit us yeah. up. I mean, what are yeah. you doing? I mean, yes, yeah, I, I, yeah, like other, other people make D&D Beyond songs, but I could make a D&D Beyond song. I'm not going to now. Right. You haven't paid me. <laughs> Alfred's holding a D&D Beyond song hostage, <laughs> and that's good. I've, I've just got to know what the song is now, and like the only way that's going to happen is if D&D oh. Beyond sponsors us. Oh, it's no, no, just... Kai, it's fine. You'll you'll know the yeah. song, because like yeah. we'll, we're going to get off the stream today, we're all going to record it together, and we'll know. <laughs> but D&D Beyond, such as the Coast won't know until we get that hot sponsor in. <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll record it and then we'll put the entire audio project into onto a USB stick and unplug yeah. it, delete it from everywhere else, and that <laughs> that USB stick is just going to sit on the desk <laughs> until you contact us D and D Beyond. Secret location. Secret location. Trap safe. <laughs> make our own make our own real life dungeon to keep it in mm. all of our convoluted traps <laughs> yeah. to get yeah. so that no one gets and, at and, our and my real USB. life dragon to defend it. Mm-hmm. Owen has a dragon. Oh. Is it me? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Owen does have a dragon. Owen's be- Owen's uh Owen's think of the children dragon that yeah. resides at their opposites in the Alps. This is what we call a tie-in episode. <laughs> oh, we do have we have we have fuzzy logic in chat with some very good logic that is that mm. does say like pre-made parties are better to introducing new people to the game. So that that is that is a good way to to fix that particular drawback of uh first-time players having to go into it. Um Though it is very much a rude awakening when after that, they're just like, cool, I want to make a character now. And you're like, you don't, <laughs> trust me. Like, you do, but you yeah. do not. I actually prefer to, uh, um, when, when I'm introducing new players, I actually prefer to go through them with making a character oh, yeah. together. And that way, um, yeah, yeah. she can teach them how the game works instead of just suddenly they have this page in front of them that just, just has all these complicated numbers on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely 
if if people are making a character for the first time, uh, definitely sit down and help them out with it. Uh, even if they've made a few characters, because you know, whatever. I still I still want would love it if someone sat with me and helped me out every time and looked up everything for me so that I didn't have to. You can just ask, Ismay. Like. I'll, just, I'll just call you up in the middle, well, in the middle of the day for me, which is the middle of the night for you, and be like, Kai, I want to make a paladin. Please help. Be a pal. Be a pal. Uh, <laughs> I gotta say, though, I, I, I think my, my, my kind of go-to option would, it would be, like, do the interesting bits of character creation separate to actually so like for instance matt colville has put out like a set of uh, they're just like cards for the different races and classes basically mm-hmm. and they just summarize the cool things that they can do um mm-hmm. and they're kind of like you know like entertainingly written yeah so like yeah those are the, like those are the only interesting pretty much the only interesting choices you make during character creation yeah and then everything else is like do you want a sword oh and God. another sword or do you want a two or do you want like an axe like, that's why uh, it's such a small gripe. One of the parts that is the most annoying about, like, helping people out with it. Not not annoying about helping people out, but just the way that's never fun to phrase is that, like, equipment choice little bit. Yeah. Because it's, you can't say it all is one because then they're just like, okay, I want this and this. And you're like, no, it has to be this or this, then this yeah. or this. But then it's when so you do it separately, you're like, do you want this or this? And they're like, oh, I want a sword. And you're like, cool. Do you want a sword? <laughs> like, then do you want a sword or do you want a shield? And they're like... I said I wanted a sword. I'm like, no, this is a different sword. This is a separate this is a, sword. This is a completely separate sword, okay? You are not. You need to keep up. Yeah, I usually resort to just like putting the book down in front of them and saying, read that. <laughs> I might not go to Kai anymore. Because <laughs> it's just, read, it's way easier to like, you just looking at it as opposed to trying yeah, to Yeah, that is it. fair. That one is, yeah. There, there, are, there are a couple of ways that do make D&D character creation a little bit easier. Um, though in general, I feel like it's a massive drawback. Again, apart from D&D Beyond, unless no spawns, then fuck you, D&D also, Beyond. <laughs> I'm still going to use you and I love you, but... Also, the more purple, more better character sheet is also very, very, very good. What if we start a bidding war? <laughs> I don't know how, but we'll do it. Fuck it. Start that bidding war. We can just take payments from both of them, and then, like, Ooh. you know, that's the, we just work out the percentage of the song that will be about which product. Ooh. There we go. Ooh. If one is, like, considerably higher, then, like, it's like, okay, if you double the offer of the other one, then there's just going to be a little bit at the end that says, and fuck you, enter the name of the loser there. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, is there anything else, like, Hmm. is there anything that could have been covered in this topic that you would like to cover? Oh, yeah. Um, So I think I was, yeah, I wanted to bring out the way races are implemented in Mm D&D. I feel like it's kind of, um, they're pretty, like, bland um as it, i feel like it's one of the most fun aspects of your character it's like i mean basically like the the fun aspects of your character are race and class basically yeah um and they're just kind of like like right like like it's it's just like a flat decision like you pick this you get these mods basically um and i feel like it's kind of a letdown i, I also find it's really like weirdly like I don't know. It's very prescriptive, and I feel like it's a bummer. Okay. Like, uh, I I like the I like um. So there's a there's a system uh that is kind of built off of the Warhammer role playing game called Zweihander. Zweihander. Um, yeah. <laughs> and they have a system of uh. It, basically, when you you pick a race, and then there's like a whole bunch of like different things you can pick 
you know like if you're a dwarf then like maybe stone cunning is one of the options and then maybe like oh you have more constitution um but you don't like you don't have all of them you just you you like pick one or two that do relate to your character and that kind of like you know it it's it's part of your like it's it's it it works more as like a background fleshing out your background than actually just you know saying you're a dwarf so you have you you definitely know loads of stuff about stone like maybe maybe you don't (laughs) <laughs> is it kind of like like a, a combination of D and D's choosing of your race and choosing of your background, but kind of in one? Uh, yeah. I mean, maybe maybe I missold that slightly. It's not it's not quite like that. It is just about like choosing your race, but it's more about like choosing like like you kind of build your own. It's it's more like you build your own sub race, pretty much. Okay. I guess if that makes sense. Like yeah. Has, yeah, um, like, I, I, mm-hmm. I take it it has more to do with the uh, the culture of this this race than like their biology. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it has uh, it, you know, it's a bit of both. But like, um, yeah, I mean, like like I say, like that's why I say sub races, like that kind of idea that different groups of you know evolve differently in different places and stuff. Mm-hmm. Then yeah, like that it expresses that as well. Yeah. The I think the thing that bothers me the most about that that's a drawback about the races in D and D, and maybe this is just me. But it seems like the races are only implemented to create drama between races and for mm. racism. Because really, that's that's kind of the gist that you get. You get that dwarves don't like elves. You get mm-hmm. that the orcs aren't liked. And I think that that's what they kind of lean heavily into. And um, at least in the player's handbook, which is what most people are going to be looking at, they look at it and all they're really getting is these are some cool traits that you're race has this is how they're viewed by everybody else yeah. and they yeah. put a, a lot of emphasis um, emphasis on that and uh that that bothers me a little bit uh but yeah yeah i, I totally agree that it's a yeah it's a really bizarre little thing and it it kind of it kind of ties into like just the, like the problems i have with the 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 rest of like the, just the general like you know thing of um, the D and D fifth edition is just like you know, it has a setting. Th- this this is built to the extent where like gnomes have a specific view about dwarves, right? <laughs> like, and that's yeah. what you're pointing out, and that's just a really weird granular thing. And it's yeah. almost definitely not going to be that. It's gonna, it's not going to be that in a, a given DM setting. Like that's just the that's the forgotten realm setting, and it's I feel like it misleads new players. Yeah. Um, to think that that's. I mean, to be I fair think, though, yeah. most people, most people when they play the game, they're not actually making their own homebrew setting. Most people play modules. Yeah, it's one of those. I can see why in a way, but it also it's got that counterpoint of that information could definitely be just in the module yes. that you're yeah. running uh, instead of in the uh, in the player's handbook. Because, uh, yeah, I found that quite a lot, like, when players come up to me and they're just like, oh, so my, my character is this because the book says this. I'm like, no, no, no. Explore your own truth. I don't know. <laughs> the the other, and if, if it's okay to use that as a jumping point, the one thing that, bo- there are a couple of things that bother me. And I, I say this all out of love. I, oh, yeah. <laughs> as an oh, English yeah, this major, is entirely like, oof, we all, we, like, we're, yeah. we all have, we're on a D&D podcast about D&D and how much we love it and how to make the game the best. We love this fucking game. Doesn't mean that you shouldn't criticize things that you love. And one of my favorite <laughs> English teachers said that if you're not able to criticize the thing that you love, it'll become the thing you hate. Ooh, I like uh, that. Because if you're not critical of something, then you're not allowing it room to grow, and eventually you're going to feel resentment about it, and you're not going to know why. I so like that. uh, that's how I like to. It's do like it. every Star Wars nerd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't put my finger on why I don't like Ray. Hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I'm just going to say that she's a Mary Sue. <laughs> I, won an, I won an argument. <laughs> oh, that got me. That got me in a very real visceral way. Holy shit. Okay. Fucking hell. But uh, I think the biggest drawback to D&D has always been its player's handbook, regardless of the edition. And when I think of the player's handbook, it's really the rule book for your game. And when you typically when you go in to play a game, you want to know how to play it really quickly. So that way you can get into it. The D&D player's handbook is written Mm. like a novel and novels are not easily accessible. That's why Sparknotes exists. D&D really shouldn't have 500,000 YouTube channels telling you (laughs) how to play (laughs) D&D in 20 minute episodic epic tales. It it should be a lot more clear cut. And the way that it's written is fairly exclusionary. And if you're okay, I'm going to whip out some big English major shit. This, like... I my my name is Isma Hutton and I um made a podcast so that I could keep editing and use my fucking dumbass degree for something. I will do anything in my power to give others the pleasure of actually using their degree. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, settle. Hello, everyone. Please settle down. Find your favorite uh, video game playlists to get you in this mood of learning. I'm ready for this. I love this. Okay. I'm so excited. So when I was in my English capstone class, I came up with a theory that um, we can assign gender to games, board games and video games. For uh, the purposes of this, if we were to ascribe a feminine connotation to a game, it would take on the more feminine qualities that we ascribe in at least Western culture, which is that it's cooperative. It's something that's easily accessible because uh, you're supposed to be teaching things to people. um, And it's welcoming. Whereas masculine, if you were to ascribe that to something, it would be uh, more like PVP. um, You have goals, you need to win something, you need to lead people, and you need to be a part of a team. Rather, or you have to be a m- member with a specific goal and a team working toward a goal. Whereas a feminine game, it's more just everybody is working together. D&D 5th edition is the most feminine version of D&D that we've had, but you can't easily as- access it without having somebody there who has prior knowledge, which makes it very difficult for people who are in different social groups or ethnic groups who have not been in D&D to break into it. It's going to be a lot easier for a white male to get into D&D because more white males are playing it and have the have the patience to teach. Whereas if you're a woman and you're trying to break into that sector, it's hard for you to find a group because it's it, it, you're you're not a typical person in it. And if you're giving someone the player's handbook, you have to read paragraph upon paragraph upon paragraph just to figure out how to make your freaking gnome who has <laughs> a tinkering business and likes cheese. <laughs> um, <laughs> and if D&D 5th edition is supposed to be a lot more accessible and it's supposed to be in its venue to get into that is to have an emphasis on storytelling, the player's handbook shouldn't have all these like statistics. Spells shouldn't be as difficult to understand. Everything should be up front, you should really just be emphasizing on storytelling and cooperation rather than how to win a game. Because the player's handbook is telling you how to win. It's not telling you how to play. 
And that is my dissertation. I am that so sorry. Was, oh, never do not be sorry. That was like, <laughs> that was the most fascinating shit. Holy Christ. I loved it. I hope that oh. made sense. Again, I have had no sleep. Did you say that this was like your dissertation kind of thing? Uh, it wasn't my, di- I didn't have a dissertation. It was just, I, I had to write my capstone on, I made a D&D slash Lord of the Rings game up for my what? Lord of the Rings class. And so I also had to write an Sorry, essay. Sorry, you what? <laughs> you fucking what the what? Because so many board games and so many video games are so hard to be accessible to people. And people are like, well, no, that's just the name of the game. And I'm like, well, it shouldn't be if you want more people to be playing it. You yep. need to make it at least so people can understand the rules that you're putting in front of them. I love that so much. That was so good. <laughs> yeah. That was the best. Thanks. Oh, my God. I want, like, I want, this is one that's like, I want to read that. If it's lying around, I'll fucking read that shit out of you, dang it. Fuck it. The yeah. main, sorry, oh. this will be my last thing. The, the way that I described it was games, when I think about it, you have either Go Fish or you have Magic the Gathering. <laughs> Go Fish. <laughs> Everyone knows the rules for it, and everyone can become an expert in it in two minutes. Magic the Gathering <laughs> takes four years. D&D needs to be in some middle ground you know, <laughs> between it. I don't actually remember the rules to go fish. <laughs> but you can be an expert in two seconds. I probably could. Like, yeah, like, like, you can just tell me, but like, I just... <laughs> Uh, if D&D were more like pandemic, it would be a lot better where the rules are fairly simple. There is skill. You can ha- you can put an expert and a beginner on the same game and they can both understand what each other's saying, at least by like round four. But uh, I feel like also in pandemic, it takes a long time to start up the fucking game. <laughs> <laughs> Not if you're playing with me, darling. <laughs> oh my God, I want to play pandemic with you. I never want to set up pandemic, but I do want to play it. <laughs> Like, I love it, but I fucking hate it. But I, oh, I think it's interesting you're saying that because by all all accounts I've heard, um, apparently the D&D starter set is supposed to be very, very accessible. And it's interesting that just nobody bought it. Alfred, have you played it? I have it. I'm running it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'd be interested to hear what you think about it because I I have also played it before, but... Uh, how how would you rank it on accessibility? Purely on accessibility, it's it's tough. I mean, honestly, I didn't play it exactly like like it's tough. Like I didn't really. I don't. I, I guess I can't really rate how much I played it because we did we didn't use the um, pre built characters, for instance. Okay. Um, I was kind of with people who were just down to just like crunch through the rule book basically on their first because <laughs> car- it was with people who were who had already just kind of arbitrarily decided that they were going going to enjoy D and they played a lot of like video game rpgs so like numbers and classes were like not really an issue so it's tough um i i feel like i would just have to have another quick look at the the basic rules that, that are included because i think that's probably like the make or break element the starter set was the very first mod i, I didn't dm that but that was my very first delve into D and and i thought it was also very accessible for me as a player but when i started DMing, I wanted to take a look at it to see how stories are laid out in like D&D modules. And I thought that was kind of difficult to to read through. Um, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I, I, I didn't think to talk about like the DM's experience as a new DM picking up the starter set. That's a good. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I completely didn't didn't approach it about them um, from that direction at all. Um, yeah, I think I agree. I know, Ismay, you want to talk about you want to talk about modules yourself because you're doing a module right now. But yeah. <laughs> I know, like when I look at, 
because I, I've looked at a couple of modules. And again, I just think that it's a lot of information, even for um, the starter set. It's something that's supposed to be, you, you pick it up and you learn as you go. But as, as someone who digests stories for a living, it isn't laid out entirely in a way I think that someone could look at it and understand exactly how they're supposed to run the game. And I wish that there was a little bit more handholding because the game yeah. expects a lot out of you. And that's why we go to Matt Colville and Matthew yeah. Mercer. And sometimes there's still even... Uh, and this podcast, and this podcast. Yes, yeah, in this, this, this podcast. Shh, okay. Right here. <laughs> and there are still that's translation why, That's why issues. we go back in the episode history. Sorry. <laughs> because I know, like, when I started DMing, I'm like, well, how do I start the story? How do I begin it? And really... The, if I remember correctly, the module really only just tells you these are important characters. This is how you can, this is what you read to start it off. And then it's like, you can figure out everything else on your own. And these are different kind of checkpoints, but they also don't lay out the checkpoints for you. You have to read through the book to figure out what the yeah. checkpoints are. Yeah. And I think, yeah. um, I think the reason why it's like that is to give the DM freedom as well. But I, I don't know. I think a lot of time for, for modules like that, that's kind of the goal. Not, not, not in a, not in a, oh yeah, people just want to do it so they're not creative. It's just like, you know, if you don't have time to like make a full thing and you want to just play a fun adventure with your friends, then modules would be a good place to go. Yeah, I, I found with like, because I'm enjoying, despite the fact that I have ruined it to uh, a point of almost non-recognition, Curse of Strad has been... Like a very, very good module, but I entirely agree with the kind of you it's it's still a tome, and it's not really a tome that's well laid out in a lot of points, like yeah. for instance, this is let's we're gonna dive back into the half damage world when when I started the game there there's one of the the intros. It's like, okay, to introduce the characters that they're playing into the world of Barovia, where this is set, there are certain um ways that they can be invited. They can be invited via like a bunch of Vistani travelers. They can be following a bunch of werewolves in the woods and get lost. And one of them was that they get sent a letter from the burgomaster of the first town. Then my my brain went on a tangent and I made the burger the bur- burgomaster a burgomaster and that burgomaster was Gordon Ramsay. Um because I thought that that was hilarious and I'm not wrong. It was very funny. <laughs> um but essentially I'd made I'd made this character um and then I got them to the town so I read the part on the town and it said the burgomaster once they get there is dead. I was like, okay. Well, I just made this cool, fun character, and now the burgomaster is dead, and I don't want to get used. I don't want to lose this character that I've made. It, it like that. That's like a more minor example, and something that I I changed about it. But it does have a couple of those moments throughout the book where you're reading it and you play it exactly as it says in the book, and then because of a character that's in it or because of a situation, you read further on in the book, and it's like, okay, this is the entire thing about this character situation that you didn't know before and things that you might have said or done as that character or about that character or that place are entirely wrong and it changes the game entirely 
and yeah. you're yeah, left with that books, paddle. The books sort of assume that you've read the entire thing beforehand, yeah. except that they don't. <laughs> yeah. They don't tell you that you need to write the entire book it's beforehand. Too much. I, I think. I think most of them do. I mean, most of the ones that I've read have like you should. You should. You should um, have a quick read through the entire book before you start. You know, and like, like I, 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 I do. I like. Uh, it, well, at least in Stonking Thunder. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it, 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 does, it, it says read read through it, but at the same time, it's a tome, and you yeah. know that you're not going to be able to get through every that, single that, bit. That is, yeah, it's totally not an excuse. Like, yeah. you can't yeah. just say, "Oh, you should read all of this first Like, that's yeah, that is uh, that is just you in the first page of the book saying, "We didn't bother designing this very well." <laughs> yep. <It's a> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> really, the the um, pre-made modules are textbooks, and they need to expect that you're not going to read all of it. And at the very least, they need to give you like chapter summaries or like what they do at the yes. end of that chemistry book I never read in college. <laughs> and they need to tell you these are the main points that happen. You need to at least prepare for these things. And then the rest of the. Yeah, sorry. I'm a really yeah. big proponent of accessibility. Oh, no, I'm good at this. Oh, yeah. Because there are people of different learning capabilities and there mm-hmm. are people like I am a very big visual learner and those modules do not help me because it's all text based. Yeah. And I'm like. Uh, okay mm-hmm. got it uh there are some summaries but they are quite brief but, yeah yeah could, it, it, it i feel like a couple of the things in the modules at least with the storytelling it could be solved as much as when they mention a character or like say saying the, the instance that i i mentioned with the, the letter from the burgomaster just like an in brackets thing right after say they could receive a letter from the burgomaster and just in brackets be like Turn to page blah for more future information on the mm. Burgomaster. Just little things like that. They're like, if you need this info, you will need this info for later. One thing I noticed is um, if you have the books on D&D Beyond, there's a lot of hyperlinks all over the place. Yeah. That just jump to different parts of the book. Yes. Uh, so if, if you're playing online, uh, mm. that could be helpful. Uh, again, unless um, D&D Beyond doesn't show us some love, then fuck you, D&D Beyond. You don't have hyperlinks. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to how to get around that because they are hyperlinks and they are very helpful. But uh, <laughs> we'll just spread misinformation as well. Fuck it. God, I don't know how to get sponsorships apart from getting very competitive. Apparently, I don't know if that's gonna work. I think that's blackmail. <laughs> is this blackmail? Oops. <laughs> Hello, I mean, D&D yes. Beyond. We would like some money to go beyond it. What was expected of us? We like money. Please send us our way. Some big old money. Well, This was the bard of a- uh, half damage. So like, mm. <laughs> And that's just a preview of the musical right? uh, sort of yeah. <laughs> that you, you could receive. I will re try and re-remember how to play the violin. See that we can get some musical accompany- accompaniment in there. Fuck it. I will. I'll, I'll lay down a sick beat. Not help because that is probably <laughs> <to> the best. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh, that's very sad. But also another good blackmail point. If we don't get that hot sponsor, it will just be kind. <laughs> we'll oh, just God. try and sing about how terrible D and D Beyond is. And I don't know no, why that makes it that. better. Uh, Oof, none of it's none of that's good. Yeah. I, I like that we've set up the situation where like the the most likely outcome is that Kai will have to write a piece of music. <laughs> Remember the whole different learning things. Not good at learning with ears. <laughs> Well, hello there, and welcome to the middle of the podcast break chat with your friend and lover, Ismay Hutton. I don't know why I did this. 
<laughs> Sorry that Kai's audio is a little bit hinky. Uh, we're trying to work out what happened there. I'm going to still put this in the wind column because it's been a long time since we've had to apologize for audio. So whatever. The, we, we're still doing, we're still batting, well, not 100, but we're batting closer to 100. I don't even know what sport that refers to. <laughs> whatever. Let's move on. Uh, we've got plugs uh, for you. If you wait till the end, you can hear those, including one from that's right my dudes we finally got emily's plug i'm so excited so yeah stick around to the end so you can hear all about that um just some some housekeeping some housekeeping for uh crit chat if you want to find us places it would mean a lot to us if you followed us on our social media things it it makes us look we, we get like a number of people that listen and it's nice to know and it's nice to know that people care and so if you do that you can find us on facebook.com forward slash crit chat all one word or you can find us on our twitter at twitter.com forward slash crit underscore chat and you know what fuck it you could do both i said or you do both fuck it both times um if you go over to our Twitter, you might get a little shout out if you tweet at us. We got Robbie A. McLeod on Twitter talking about how our goblin episode made him make some goblin PCs. That's right, we're infecting the world one goblin at a time. Also, thank you very much to Doctors and DMs for doing a little follow Friday and including us in there. That makes makes us all real happy on the insides and the outsides and all the other sides. We also got with the times this week and included in our crit chat one of those fun like autofill games because I know what the kids do. They're all about them hot text memes on the twit. I'm old. <laughs> anyway, we played a game. So we, so thanks to all the people who contributed to this game. So we played a little autofill game, started with when we played Dungeons and Dragons Wii and got some good responses from a bunch of people. My favorite ones being from Katrina with a Y27, when we play Dungeons and Dragons, we are eating a pizza because when the fuck are you not? Also from at angsty purple child, when we play Dungeons and Dragons, we need to get angsty, then we heist food, which does sound like the entire concept for a campaign I came up with. And by came up with, I mean stole from this tweet. So thanks for joining in, guys. If you want to play fun, cool games that I understand, go over to our Twitter and do we do that? You can also find us on our Discord down in the description of wherever you're listening to this. We do things there too. Also, I keep forgetting to plug this, but we've got our uh, Crit Chat YouTube channel, which we put Crit Chat clips out on. Uh, I think if you just search Crit Chats on YouTube, then you'll be able to find them. They're a nice little way that you can share us around, get some of your favorite bits out there. And yeah, if you can share them with people and then maybe they're like, wow, that's hilarious. I love that. I want to, I want this energy in my life more. And then they listen to Crit Chat and that's great. It's bite size, which is literally all I can listen to. Don't know how I've ever done podcasts before. But yeah, if you find us on our YouTube, and you can share it easily from there. Also, if you want to go there, you can also suggest which ones you want to see if you've got favorite parts from past episodes, then we'll put them there as well. Those are all the ways that you can help us out in a words way with your words so that people can listen to your words being like, wow, I love this, listen to it. But if you want to help us out in a not words way, but in a cash money way, then you can go over to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash crit chat, all one word, and donate as, <laughs> donate as little as $1 a month. And you just, you get some cool rewards from that. It helps us out a lot because it helps us put things up on platforms and expand and do a lot of nice things. 
But yeah, for, from from the $1 level to the $20 level, you can do any amount that you feel you want to do or the, any that you can afford. And even if you just go in at the $1 level per month, then you get to join in on our game. We get to play games with you. It's run by Alfred. It's called Space Scoundrels, and it's amazing. You would get to meet my character, the best character, Julia Morris, eccentric billionaire. And if you don't, if that doesn't sound great to you, I don't know what does. We also have a humanoid crocodile, a snail that <laughs> uses a little mech suit, and surprising no one, Owen Piper's goblin. So if you want to join in on that, it's super fun. You just have to donate a single dollar per month, and then you get to be a part of this really cool game. Just head over to our Patreon to do just that. We also have our actual play podcast, Half Damage, so if you can find that wherever podcasts are found, you can join in on our Curse of Strahd, topsy-turvy reality TV show, Hugh Jackman Adventure. But now I'll let you get back to the episode. We are here live on Tuesdays at 5 p.m. GMT over on AT Cup Gamer, or you can just catch us every single Saturday on your podcast apps. Have fun, dweebuses. Why? Why am I like this? Yeah, I, I feel like the yeah the module the modules are both very very useful in terms of helping people get started because you don't have to do the whole creating a whole world thing but also very not useful in the way that it does yeah make you have to sit down and read an entire thing i i think overall like my feeling is that the the dnd i think this goes for the handbook and the modules um i think the my major my major like negative feeling about it is that there is too much um too many details are filled in um yeah and the more you read the more you get the impression that everything already has a place um and if and and so you can't make anything up as you go because um you'll be putting something into the wrong place and then that's going to cause a problem and it's like it's the it's the case like it like it it negatively affects the experience of learning how to make a character because there's like so much flavor text everywhere like like they 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 like i like that they made a uh it's cool that they made like an attempt to make things more natural language um like spell descriptions are much more natural languagey than um a lot of previous editions um they don't reference weird like conditions and stuff that much or like you know they sometimes yeah reference conditions but it's like it it, it's just you can just read it and it makes sense yeah they Um, just use the code words yeah. Sort of. There's yeah, and there's no like acronyms, and there isn't really that much number nonsense in the descriptions. I don't think. But but basically, yeah. Like in general, there's like 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 the the layout for um like a class, for instance, is there's so much um dedicated to flavor and the idea of what the class is interspersed in like all of the rules that you could have like you know you could have a thing about like the flavor of the class and then you could have like a two-page spread that would have all of the class details on it pretty much or something like that like you could definitely have it more easier to reference and yeah it does seem like there's conceivably a way that it could be a lot shorter than it is i think D &D, uh really needs to start breaking away from its original roots which when uh, Gary Gygax made it, it D&D came out around the same heyday as like the Warhammer, right? Yeah, the Warhammer games were <laughs> the, out. I thought you were just referring to it as the Warhammer, which oh, yeah. I did enjoy <laughs> and I do want to continue. You but, know, the Warhammer. <laughs> the Warhammer. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the war games have a lot of emphasis on winning and losing and strategy and... Um, that's good and fine. And a lot of people like playing like that. And that's not a diss on them. But D&D has been trying to market itself as more of a storytelling platform in a collaborative effort. 
And yeah. it doesn't really so matter as much if you win. It's like how gloriously you fail, which is mm-hmm. a beautiful change of uh, right. how people are playing games now. Yeah. Um, and really, if I were to rewrite the handbooks, this is what I think I would do. The player handbook would teach you how to assemble your character sheet, number one. It would it would still have basic stuff about your races and your classes but the rest of the book would just be about like basic character motivations and storytelling and how to be a good listener and improv tricks and i wouldn't make the book 40 bucks <laughs> yes <laughs> it would the be most like important it would be maybe an 80 page book maybe an 80 page book soft cover that you would sell for 15 20 bucks and then which you other have, systems already do for the record yeah. Yeah. yeah oh yeah yeah and then you have supplemental materials on weapons on like armor all that other stuff you you have those be other soft soft cover 20 page little leaflets and then the dungeon master guide is really more about just how to craft a story and how to yeah. read the modules and being mm-hmm. like this is how this is how the module is going to look this is how you outline it this is a way that we recommend that you outline it. These are other ways. These are samples. This is how you improv with your players. Basic stuff that you hear in every YouTube video. And again, I, I think that would make everything a lot easier for everybody. And just step by step, how do you actually play the game? Yeah. And I think more people would be playing it and be more open to it. especially. And I'm talking mainly to people who don't have friends who already play D&D. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think that's those are the people that Dean uh, that Wizards of the Coast really needs to start thinking about because if they they're living in a golden age, but as soon as the golden age goes away, they're still going to need people to p- be playing. Framing it in the way of D and D needs to be more accessible is definitely what I, I've been thinking about with D and D, but just didn't use that vocabulary for it. I guess, um, which is nice to like finally have that kind of vocabulary to ascribe to it because it's. It's exactly that. It's very, like, I love the game, but sometimes it can be difficult to get people who don't love the game, who haven't been wanting to play it for ages. Like, the only reason I started playing it was because one friend of mine was determined to make his friends play it. Like, I was, yeah, very much not, not really, like, I was not a popular lady, but in, <laughs> in, any other way, I wasn't really there as, like, in high school as a, I want to play D&D with my friends. Because that, yeah, it didn't feel like what I was allowed to do kind of thing. But I started playing it because one friend was very determined to start playing D&D and kind of got me into it because he was like, you like you, you secretly want to play. I was like, yes, I do, but I feel like I'm not allowed. And for a lot of people, they don't either don't have those people in their lives or... They are the person that wants to do the influencing, but if you are that person, then it can be exceedingly difficult to get people into it because of the things mentioned of just, it's not an easy sell when you're like, okay, we're going to start playing a fun game, read this 40 pound book. like, <laughs> And as, as, especially as women, mainly because we, I am a woman and you identify as a woman, uh, and this is an experience I can talk 
I can speak to. It's it's yeah. not that the rules are too difficult for me to understand. It's just that <laughs> <laughs> it's, I it's, hate that I hate that it needs to be explicitly stated. It's like we're not saying that our like, we can't use our yeah. dumb lady brain. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that your rules are too masculine for me to understand. It's not that when I say that they're not accept. When I started DMing, I was DMing for guys who had been playing Dungeons and Dragons for a while. And the learning curve is there, especially when you're somebody who isn't a part of that culture or stereotype or like typically seen as part of that culture. Yeah. And it it makes it really hard for me to come into a situation and try to act like an expert when I clearly am not. And I don't mm-hmm. have like I can't find the answers quickly. And every second that I'm floundering through my book or I'm going through D&D Beyond or I'm flipping through my phone, my like my authority as the person who's trying to lead this game for these people who I care about is being put into question. And it's not because I'm a bad DM. It's not because I'm not intelligent enough. It's simply because the tools that are in place are not designed for people to break in easily. I think, yeah, there's there's so much to be said. Like, again, like I'm like D&D is my my favorite role playing system for, for like a whole host of reasons but it's so strange to see other ones that i very much enjoy and love that have maybe if you're if you're the dungeon master it's got five pages six pages that you read and there's like this is the basics this is what you need and then you're 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 good you're golden whereas dnd is like okay here is your tome read each of these <laughs> sections <laughs> like jump about yeah. from one to the other do you do you and i'm like oh good help maybe yeah. i mean and that being said though um i noticed a lot of people having a massive book with all the rules and they actually find that uh easier because it they don't have to uh what's, what's the word improv they, they don't have to do improv and because uh-huh. some people some people find that uh, difficult or they don't want to do that. And that's that's perfectly fine. That kind of uh, start of play, like buy the book, everyone plays their roles. It's one of those things. Like, everything we've said here is like a problem for us and mm. not necessarily a problem for anybody else listening. Uh, it's I, I 100% love all the extra extemporaneous rules as well. Because it, it does give you at least a jumping point to say, to edit things out. But uh, I'm, I'm going to talk about editors because I love them. Hello. Um, but I think that uh, it becomes an editing issue. If you're going to put in a lot of information, you need to figure out the best way to organize that information. So that way it's easier to find everything. Um, ever since first edition, it's been a little bit hard to find, uh, at least in the books. Now, the internet's a beautiful, lovely thing. But if you're going to sell a book, you need to make the information easy to see, easy to find, and easy to implement. Which I feel like they they they've gotten a lot better, but um, it, it's it's still a little bit of a struggle. It's, you can kind of see it with the um with the official DM screen as well. Like it's it, like the the information they choose is so like oh god bizarre. Oh, we're I'm so mad. We're like rapidly hurtling towards the end of this podcast, and we didn't even get to uh, mention the DM screen, which. To be the fair, new ones, the new ones, way better. That's what I was gonna say. Like to be fair, yeah. that one, that uh-huh. one, Wizard of the Coast was like this might have been uh, quote unquote boo boo. <laughs> 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 Fix that. Yeah. So I, that one got fixed. I, I I will say that I don't know because uh, you were talking about editing and I I don't know that it's like like I I'm sure there are some improvements you can make to organization that would help. But I'm I, like I I feel more that like there's just a lot of stuff that should be somewhere else and not in the handbook for instance yeah. like 
and a lot of information that just shouldn't be there um is more my angle like like i was saying about there being too much um too much fluff um there are whole chunks of the book that like i don't like uh like the feats for instance are kind of like they they are very explicitly an optional thing and i don't know if <laughs> optional things have a place in the core handbook uh and they kind of it kind of makes the whole thing harder yeah. to read and uh, yeah, they, yeah. like yeah you kind of want and you also want like a, a section of the book to be just a really easy to reference complete rules you know like yeah. if i if, if i want to look at swimming rules and then climbing rules and then like i want them to all be just like in the in a few pages next to each other <laughs> pretty yeah. much yeah so we're, we're probably gonna have to wrap it there just because otherwise we're gonna find another little diatribe but like reiterating that this is all from a place of people who fucking love D more than anything and come on a weekly basis to do a podcast on this very very good game but ooh. The flaws are also there. I think that the main thing that we kind of are taken away from this is that D&D can and should just be condensed a little bit to get across what is essentially the same information. Bare bones it a little bit more. Because bare bones D&D is just a very good system to work with. And second thing to take away, either D&D Beyond or Purple, 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 Purple. Uh, More purple, more better. More purple, purple, more purple, purple. Uh, (laughs) I'll get their name right when we get that hot spot. (laughs) The other takeaway is blackmail is fun. I don't think they're a company. I think it's just something somebody made. Blackmail! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but listen to me when I say blackmail. (laughs) Sorry, sorry, sorry. Did you not listen to the part where I said blackmail a lot? But yeah, we will will wrap it up there. Uh, Let's go over over some plugs. Alfred, what you got? Ooh, um, so uh, I, yeah, I I stream sometimes on Twitch at Twitch twitch.tv slash pennyblue um i also run the uh crit chat open table guests and patrons uh D game uh we had our first session on last uh two days ago and uh, so i think it went really well it was really <laughs> it fun was so good it was very straightforward i chopped a load of stuff out <laughs> really i wonder wait, why why did you have to do that i can't think fathom a reason <laughs> uh but uh but i think yeah it was it was really cool um so yeah if if you if you want to join in on that um head over to our patreon which i'm sure will be talked about more emily do you have things (laughs) um i have a rough draft of my first (gasps) script of a podcast that i want to start i do really Uh, it is still it, it will probably not be released for at least a couple of months because i'm trying to figure shit out but uh, it's it's gonna be about how how do we criticize film and what is film criticism <gasps> and also what is game criticism. Oh, so nice. we're we're gonna I'm working on that. So if you liked what I if you liked hearing me not joke around for an entire episode, <laughs> uh, which is very off brand for me. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll have more info on that later. But I have a rough draft written and I'm very proud of it. Oh, that's so exciting. Super exciting. That is basically oh the number one thing that I listen to is like <laughs> actual <gasps> film. Like, the, yeah, I'm, I'm about to start going off on a tangent, so let's go. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. That sounds, oh, sounds awesome. I'm, 
I mean, it's not the what, what did I think it was going to be last week? Puppet show of something that was. Oh, that was going to be a puppet oh, yeah. show of uh, <laughs> Willy Wonka's oh, yeah. Chocolate Factory, the tunnel scene. But it's not that. So, but this is a very close second <laughs> to what I wanted. So, like, that's fine. I guess. It might involve analyzing that scene. So <gasps> it will, huh? Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> I'm off board again. Uh, Kai, what you got for us? All right, so Brothers in Time, my Doc Two podcast that I do with my brother, has made a triumphant return. Uh, just a couple of hours ago, put up an episode up. It's first one in a little while, and yeah, so it's a podcast where we talk about Doctor Who. And um, my D and D actual play podcast uh, is also planned to come back very soon as well. So uh, if you want to find me, you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash gamer for me playing games. And that's what I do. <laughs> that was it. For Crit Chat, you can find Crit Chat on iTunes by searching Crit Chat and Podcast and leave a five-star review for this five-star show or find us on all the best podcast apps. And yeah, we will be on the Twitch channel at 5 p.m. GMT. Is it GMT still? Yeah, it's GMT still. Uh, 5 p.m. GMT uh, on Tuesdays or catch us on all podcast apps on Saturdays. Until then, I have been Ismay. I've been Alfred. I've been Emily, who also completed Kingdom Hearts 3. We didn't talk about that enough. <laughs> and uh, I've also been Kai. I, I didn't have PlayStation as a child. You've been listening to Crit Chat. See you later, nerds. May your heart be your guiding key. <laughs> that was awful, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs>